Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features three quick episodes of Blackstone the Magician. Each one is about 12 minutes long. They first aired in October of 1948. The Magic Detective, starring the world's greatest magician, Blackstone. Tonight he tells you the inside story of the ghost that trapped the killer. And right after tonight's story, Blackstone will explain tricks that you yourself can perform. He will reveal the guarded secrets of the world's greatest magician. Now to Blackstone's magical studio. What a singular place it is. But wait a moment. I'd like you to meet Blackstone himself. Good evening. I see that you're admiring my new cabinet. Yes, that's right, Blackstone. I was just going to mention those unusual bottles on that shelf. That's interesting because the two go together. I'll tell you about them in a moment, but first let me introduce my leading lady, Miss Rhoda Brent. How do you do? Oh, good evening, Miss Brent. Do you uh, disturb in that cabinet? Oh, no, that's a ghost cabinet. You mean there's a ghost in it? There will be. Then where do you get the ghost? Out of those bottles over there on that shelf. Uh, that's right. Would you like me to manufacture a ghost right now? Well, well now, wait a minute. Uh, will it be a real ghost? Parker Harley thought it was real when he saw it. Parker Harley? Yes, the first man who ever saw the ghost trick. It was one of my strangest adventures as a magic detective. We were playing a town in New England, and I was in my dressing room after the final show when somebody knocked at the door. Who is it? Oh, uh, show him in, Rhoda. Mr. Blackstone? Yes? I'm Sheriff James. How do you do? I uh, want you to solve a murder. A murder? But I'm a magician, not a detective. Well, it's going to take a magician to crack this case. Oh, how's that, Sheriff? Because we know who the murderer is and why he killed his victim. And you know how he committed the crime? Yes, ma'am, we know that, too. Well, we think we do. Well, we can't prove anything. So that's why you need a magician more than a detective. That's right, Mr. Blackstone. Oh, it sounds interesting, Sheriff. Uh, tell me the tale. All right, sir. It uh, begins with old Hiram Saunders, who died last week. Why, I read about that in the local newspaper. Oh, I saw a picture of the queer old house with all the gables where Mr. Saunders lived. Yes, and where he died, too, miss. And taking too much of the medicine that Dr. Talbot gave him. Well, it wasn't Doc Talbot's fault. Then whose fault was it, Sheriff? Well, I'm blaming Parker Harley, the caretaker. He could have given Mr. Saunders an overdose of that medicine as easy as you make people vanish, Mr. Blackstone. Well, thanks for the compliment, Sheriff. But if Parker is the murderer, what was his motive? Money. That's one. Oh, but the newspaper said that Mr. Saunders died penniless. Well, that's what we thought, miss, until we opened the old cabinet up in his bedroom. Inside, we found a tin cash box with $5,000 in it. But if Parker was after the money, why didn't he steal it? Because he didn't need to. Turned out that the old gentleman left everything in his will to Parker Harley. Well, then all Parker has to do is to go to the house and find the money. That's right, Miss. Perhaps he uh, already has taken it. No, not yet, Mr. Blackstone. Right now, Parker's at the lawyer's office, claiming some of Saunders' personal belongings. And is the key to the cabinet among them? That's right, Miss. Parker won't waste no time losing him either. Then we'd better stop at the old house right now. Good. I got my car outside so we can get there ahead of Parker. (laughs) 
close the house, folks. My, what a spooky place. Well, you may be right, Rhoda. That's what I'm going in to see about. Uh, wait. I uh, almost forgot something. Uh, hand me that package, will you, Rhoda? The one I got at the drugstore. Here it is. Thanks. Now, you wait here with the sheriff. Oh, uh, if I'm not back in ten minutes, uh, come in after. Uh, the, uh, what did uh, Mr. Blackstone say he was going to see about? Why, why, ghosts, I guess. He didn't say nothing about ghosts? Yes, in a way he did. When I said the place was spooky, he said that maybe I was right. But, well, what would he be haunting the house with? Oh, Sandy's ghost, Sheriff. Oh. He was murdered, wasn't he? Oh, yes, so was. And if there are ghosts, they're usually those of murdered people, aren't they? Sure, yes. Yes, that's right. And they often guard money, so I've heard. Well, Sheriff, there you are. Don't do that. What is it, Miss? That light. Yeah. In the window of the room upstairs. That's that's Saunders' window. The room where he died. Oh, oh, it's only a flashlight. Oh, drat it, then it's Parker. He got here ahead of us. No, no, it's Blackstone, Sheriff. Look, he's at the window. Yeah, yeah, I see him now. He's beckoning to us. Come on, let's go up. Oh, isn't it shivers? Yeah, well, it's because it's chilly out here. Come on in. It's warmer in the house. Come in, Sheriff. I yes. set the trap for Parker. Uh, a trap? I, I don't see any trap. Well, you're not supposed to see it. Wait. I just heard something. So yeah. did I. Sounded like the front door. Turn off that flashlight, Sheriff. Listen. Yeah, yeah. Somebody coming up the stairs. Sounds weird in all this darkness. Hey, it's Parker. No, no, we, we, we don't want him to find us. He won't find us. Move back here in the alcove shaft. Yeah, yeah. It's Parker. I saw his face when the match flared. But he isn't going to the cabinet. He will after he lights those candles on the table. See? He's stopping at the cabinet. Now watch. He's found the tin box. Look, he's putting it on the table. Look. Look at the cabinet. The door is closing. Oh, shucks. That's nothing, miss. Just the kind that don't stay open, that's all. But there's something coming quiet, from Quiet, quiet. You don't want to disturb Parker or the ghost. Yeah, ghost. What ghost? Saunders' ghost, Sheriff. Don't you see it, Sheriff? Coming from the cabinet. Yeah, yeah. It is a ghost. Creeping out like a great big hand. Bigger than a hand, Sheriff. As big as a pair of arms. It's creeping closer to Parker. Now it's as big as he is. Even bigger. And you can see right through it. Like a... Like a... Like a ghost, Rosa. Quiet now. There's Parker turning around toward the cabinet. No, 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 go away. Go away. I, I need the money. I, I don't want it. I, I don't want it. The ghost is coming. It's spreading all around him like it was a fog. Here, here's your box. Here's your box. Now, 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 you let me go. Let me go. Now, 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 you hear that? He's going to confess. He has confessed, Sheriff. Look! Look! The ghost is saying. You can take Parker now, Sheriff. 
right. All right. Come along, partner. You'll kill the whole soldier. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I killed him. I killed Saunders and, and, and his ghost came back. You better stick to that profession, Parker, unless you want the ghost to follow you. I will. I will tell you. I'll, I'll tell everything. Everything I know, everything I do. Everything I do. Get me away from here. I'm glad to oblige you, Parker. I got a nice jail cell for you without ghosts. Well, so that was the first performance of your famous ghost act. Yes, it was. A simple chemical experiment plus the imagination of those who witnessed it. Then there aren't such things as real ghosts. They're only as real as people imagine them to be. I manufactured the ghost from two of those bottles on the ship. They were what was in the package. Two simple liquids that can be bought at any drugstore. Uh, watch while I make the ghost. First, a few drops from this bottle. They went into an empty well in Saunders' cabinet. And from this bottle, a few drops on a blotter that I tucked in the cabinet door. And stormy smoke. More and more of it. It's creeping out just... just like... Just like a ghost, Rhoda. Going bigger and bigger. Like the fear that gripped Parker Harley when he turned round and saw it. Well, it's most amazing to think that a ghost could be produced so simply and so easily. Not at all. I'll show you something quite as wonderful that could be done anywhere. While we're trying it, our listening audience can try it too. First, I need a nickel. Oh, very hard, Blystone. And next, a drinking glass. I'll get one. Good. Now, a paper match. While I light it and blow it out, I want you to balance the nickel on the table. Uh, balance the nickel. That's it. That sounds pretty difficult, but... Well, now, oh, it's easy. Very outstanding. Now, bend the match a little and place it on the balanced nickel. Set it carefully. Ah, that's right. The bent match is resting on the balanced nickel. And what comes next? This does, the drinking glass. Thanks, Rhoda. Set it upside down over the nickel and the match carefully. Like this? Good. And now, do you think you could remove the match from the nickel without lifting the glass? Oh, gosh, if I could, it would be magic. It was ghost. Yes, it doesn't look as though only a spook could manage it, but the trick's very easy. We need just one thing more. The magic wand? No, something much more simple. Something you have in your pocket right now. And I'll be back in a moment to tell you what it is. And now, Blackstone, that trick of yours. All right. Now, remember, I said there was something else that would help. Yes, but what is it? That comb of yours there in your coat pocket. Oh, you mean this little comb I always carry? Mm -hmm, that's right. Give it to Blackstone and he'll show you how the trick is done. All right. Here's the comb, Blackstone. Thank you. Now, wait a moment. First, uh, run it through your hair to accumulate some electricity. All right. That's good. Now, move the comb slowly around the glass. I guess, huh? That's the way. Well, look. The match is turning, like the needle of a compass. That's right. And there goes the match, right off the nickel. Just as I said it would. There's the magic you and all your friends will enjoy. Just try it and find out. Until we meet again, this is Blackstone saying good magic and goodbye. <laughs> Be with us the next time when Blackstone, the world's greatest magician, tells us the story of the reluctant buzzsaw and explains more tricks that you yourself can perform. Listen again to The Magic Detective with Blackstone, the world's greatest magician.
Psychic Detective, starring the world's greatest magician, Blackstone. He tells you the inside story of The Reluctant Buzzsaw. And right after the story, Blackstone will explain tricks of magic that you yourself can perform, revealing the guarded secrets of the world's greatest magician. Now to Blackstone's Magic Studio. Welcome, Mr. Hancock. We were expecting you. Why, thank you, Blackstone. I suppose you've come to have Blackstone tell you another of his magical adventures. Well, yes, I have, Miss Brent. Uh, but tell me something first. Why do you uh, have that tremendous buzzsaw over there? Oh, they use that to cut me in half every night. Oh, that's very... What? <laughs> but do you have to use such a big buzzsaw to slice such a charming young lady? Well, we're always trying to improve our magical illusions. Which reminds me of when we were first building this particular one. It all happened while we were traveling through the south. After the show, the boys put the finishing touches on the illusion. I was going over it backstage when Rhoda rushed in as though a ghost were after Blackstone, Blackstone. What is it, Rhoda? Why, you're all excited. Oh, I ought to be excited. I was just coming out of the lunchroom when some men ran out of the bank across the street. At this time of night? Mm -hmm, That's right. They were wearing masks and carrying bags. Did did they see you? I don't know. But when they drove away, I saw the license number of their car, and and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. I have the piece of paper right here in my bag. Oh, I'm so nervous I can't find it. Calm yourself, Rhoda. Give me the bag. I'll find it. Uh, Look out behind you! How did you fellows get here? And who are you? Never mind, Dash. Get those hands up, both of you. Get down, we'll let you have it. Very well. Well, that was easy. What do you say, Jake? I say the same thing, Clipper. I'm going to keep that guy Blackstone covered. So what? He can't do no sleight of hand with his mitts up in the air, can he? You never can tell, Clipper. Lay off the wisecracks, magician. Just keep reaching. Hurry up, Jake. Find out what's in that Jane's handbag. Yeah, yeah. Give me time. There's nothing important in that bag. No? We saw the dame writing something. Look for a hunk of paper, Jake. Yeah, yeah, Clipper. Yeah, here it is. What's on it? Hey, it's our license number. That dame spotted us. So wise, dame. You did spot our number. But, but I, don't, I don't think I remember it. Well, we think you do. What do I do now, Clipper? Give her a slight case of lead poisoning? Don't be a dope. Want the cuffs on her neck? We'll do this the smart way. No murder is smart, Clipper. You don't think so, magician? Well, you'll find out different. You betcha well, magician. Clipper plays everything smart. And this is going to be very smart. We'll get rid of the girl and pin it on Blackstone. That's very foolish, Clipper. People have tried that sort of thing before. And if you killed me, nobody in the world would ever suspect Blackstone. You don't think so? Well, I see just what I need. <laughs> get a load of that bus over there. Hey, that's a big one, eh? That's right. I've got a big idea to go with it. What's that, Clipper? See that board lying right in front of it? Yeah? Those two straps hanging on the post? Yeah? All right, Jake. Take the girl and strap it to the board. Then carry it right in front of the big buzz. Wait, you You can't do that. One move out of you, Blackstone. I'll let you have it. I forgot that license number. Really, yeah. I think I don't... Grab it, Jake. No, no, you. Leave me alone. Uh, Come on. Please, let her 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 let Hey, Clipper, I think she's fighting. Yeah, forget about those straps. Yeah, then that makes it simple. You can't go through with this, Clipper. Go through with what? The buzzsaw? <laughs> we'll leave that to the buzzsaw. Ready, Jake? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let me get this plank in front of this saw. 
Put your gun down. Get that saw started. I got him covered. Okay, Clipper. I warn you, Clipper. I warn you, you're making a great mistake. <laughs> You'll get the blame for this mistake, Blackstone. Tomorrow, the newspapers will have a nice little headline. Blackstone, famous magician, lets beautiful assistant get sliced by a buzzsaw. Nobody will believe it, Clipper. Nobody. Okay. Everybody will just think you were trying a new trick that didn't work. Ready when it's wet. Here goes, Clipper. Let her go. Gee, Clipper, the way that guy yells... Quit mopping your forehead, kid. Get a grip on yourself. Yeah, yeah, I gotta get a grip on myself. Gotta get a grip on myself. Get back there, pick up your gun, just in case the cops pay us a little visit. The shoe's on the other foot, Clipper. We're going to pay a little visit to the police. What do you mean? Just look behind you, Clipper. But drop your guns first, Clipper. I have you covered. Hold it. Damn, Clipper. The one that you saw it in half. You mean the girl you thought you saw it in half. Yeah, yeah, Clipper, that's the thing. And she's got my gun. Yes, and I know how to shoot it, too. So drop yours, Clipper. Better drop it, Clipper. Rhoda's getting impatient. You win, magician. That's my gun. I'll keep them covered with Clipper's gun, Rhoda, while you get the police. With pleasure. Yeah, magician. You win, but I'd like to know how that girl's in one piece. You'll have plenty of time to figure it out, Clipper. Just about 20 years. Why wasn't Rhoda sawed in half, Blackstone? Because that was a new illusion Blackstone was building. That's right. Sawing a woman in half with a buzzsaw. With a buzzsaw? Without hurting her? Yes. Same thing, I do it every show. And does it always work? I would say it does. If it didn't, Rhoda wouldn't be here to tell you that it did. It's like all of Blackstone's magic. It never fails. But doesn't it ever worry you, Rhoda? Well, never since that first tryout when we had those bank robbers as an audience. And they are still wondering how it was done. Yes, and you had me wondering too, Blackstone. Just as you did with those tricks you showed us last time. We'd like to see some more of them. Good. Well, here's one so easy it'll really fool you. Well, that sounds intriguing. What do you use? These coins here in my fist. Uh, listen. Now, what do I have here? Buy some coins in your fist. Good. Do you know how many coins? No, I don't. Well, I'll tell you. I have three coins. Their value is exactly 35 cents. But one of them isn't a nickel. You said three coins worth 35 cents. That's right. But one of them isn't a nickel. That's right. Now, wait now. A quarter and a dime. That would be two coins. But I have three here. Exactly three. Three dimes. No, that would be only 30 cents. And my three coins make 35 cents. Well, I give up. Let's see those wonderful coins. There they are. A quarter and two nickels. Three coins that total 35 cents. But you said, I have three coins, but one of them isn't a nickel. Certainly. I was speaking of the quarter. It isn't a nickel, is it? Why, no. Well, there you are. Three coins, but one of them isn't a nickel. Only the other two are. Catch on? <laughs> Say, that's a fooler. Sounds like one thing, but uh, it means another. Yeah, but you won't fool me like that again, Blackstone. Won't I? Well, let's try. Here we have six glasses. Ordinary drinking glasses. I'm going to set them in a row. Mm, six glasses in a row. What next? Now, Rhoda, 
Start from the left and fill three glasses from this beverage bottle. Here's one. And here's two. And here's three. Now, there you are. Six glasses in a row. The three at the left are filled with the finest beverage. But the three at the right are empty. Exactly. Now, the trick is, you are to rearrange those glasses so that every odd one is full and every even one empty. You mean so that there will be a, a full glass, then an empty, then another full glass, another empty, another full, and finally an empty. That's right. We must finish with the glasses alternating full and empty. Why, that's easy. If we move the one on the left and then the one on the uh, right... Wait a minute, Rhoda. You're only allowed to move one glass. Only one glass? That's right. Why, it can't be done that easily. Oh, yes, it can. Suppose we let Rhoda try to figure it out. I'll be back in a few moments to see how she's made up. And now, Blackstone, those six glasses. Well, there they are. Six glasses. The three on the left are full of a most enticing beverage. And the three on the right are empty. Yes. Now you're to move one glass without touching any others and make the glasses full and empty, alternately from left to right. I just can't do it, Blackstone. I've been trying and trying. Oh, watch. I'll show you how. I pick up the middle glass of the three full ones at the left. But where are you going to put it? It's not where I put that glass. What counts is where I put the beverage it contains. Oh, you mean you're going to drink it? Not yet. I'm going to pour the liquid from this glass into the middle glass of the three empties on the right. And now my original glass is empty. So I put it right back where I picked it up, between the two full glasses at the left. And there you have it. Say, that does solve it. Full, empty. See, that's the one you poured from. Full, empty, full, that's the one you poured into. An empty. Say, that's great. I thought you'd enjoy it. And I'm sure our friends listening in will also play it on their friends. Now, until we meet again, this is Blackstone saying good magic and goodbye. <laughs> Be with us next time when the world's greatest magician, Blackstone, tells us the story of the Emerald in the Fishbowl and explains more tricks that you yourself can perform. Listen to Blackstone, the world's greatest magician. Detective, starring the world's greatest magician, Blackstone. He tells you the inside story of The Emerald in the Fishbowl. And right after the story, Blackstone will explain tricks that you yourself can perform, revealing the guarded secrets of the world's greatest magician. Now, stand by for Blackstone, the magic detective. Now to Blackstone's Magic Studio. 
It's really a very remarkable place. Everything is so curious and unusual. Do you include me in that description? Why, hello, Rhoda. Hello. I wouldn't say that you're curious, but you're certainly unusual. Because of the way I appear from Blackstone's cabinet? Well, that's one reason. Then that big fishbowl is unusual, too, because Blackstone produces it out of thin air in every show. Certainly is a large one. How in the world can he manage that? Oh, here's Blackstone now. Maybe he'll take it. And uh, maybe I won't. No, you'll, you'll have to ask the fishbowl trick and figure it out for yourself. It's a bargain, Blackstone, provided you tell us another of your adventures as a magic detective. And tell it right now. Very well. I'll tell you where the fishbowl came from, because that was an adventure in itself. Did you ever hear of Mrs. Van Laden? Did I? Why, she owns the famous Van Laden Emerald, one of the largest in the world. And she owned this fishbowl, too. Only Mrs. Van Laden gave me the fishbowl in return for the famous emerald. You mean you once owned the emerald, Blackstone? He means he saved it from Mrs. Van Laden, and she gave him the fishbowl as a souvenir. I was there, so I know all about it. And we'd like to hear all about it, Blackstone. Very well. Well, it began when I was invited to Mrs. Sylvester Van Laden's palatial home on Biscayne Bay between Miami and Miami Beach. Uh, Mr. Blackstone, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. And Miss Wren. Thank you. I've been all a flutter, Mr. Blackstone, waiting for you to arrive. Something very unexpected has occurred, something very serious. I must have your advice. I should be glad to give it, Mrs. Van Laden. It's about the famous emerald. You know, the magnificent gem that was a gift to my poor, lamented husband. I've heard about that celebrated emerald. Efforts have been made to steal it. Fortunately, my trusted servants frustrated the attempt. Uh, do you know who tried to steal it? One of the house guests, but which we do not know. Of course, I could not accuse all of them. No, of course not. Nor have I had the opportunity to place the emerald in safe deposit. I was afraid to wear it and afraid to leave it in my room. I can quite understand. So I struck upon a most ingenious expedient that I know will charm you. Uh, come with me to the music room. Certainly. My, what a huge fishbowl. And those goldfish are magnificent. Isn't the little castle artistic? Very. Those colored pebbles uh, add quite a sparkle. Why, yes, there are some red and some blue. And a uh, green one, Rhoda. Why, yes, I see the green one. Are you sure it's only a pebble, Rhoda? I knew you would understand, Mr. Blackstone. Don't you think I'm clever? Very clever, Mrs. Van Leeden. Why, it's the same as Emma. That's right, Rhoda. Uh, tell me, Mrs. Van Leyden, was this all your own plan? Well, not entirely. I spoke about it to Topton. He's my butler, you know. You can trust Topton? Oh, absolutely. Why, he is a man who nearly caught the thief. Oh, I see. So you told Topton you were putting the emerald here in the fishbowl? Well, you see, I asked where I should put the emerald, and he said in the fishbowl. When I said that anyone might see it there, Topton said, well, all the better. I see. Uh, Mrs. Van Leyden, uh, I... I think you've set a very, very clever trap. <laughs> Thank you. But how is this a trap? It's very simple, Rhoda. If anyone reaches into the fishbowl, he'll get his hand wet, proving that he was after the emerald. Exactly what Topton said. Now, you said you uh, suspected one of your guests. Yes, his name is Monte Pelroy. Mm -hmm. He's lost a great deal of money gambling, I understand. Enough to risk stealing your emerald? I am afraid, yes. I have heard that Monte knows a great many doubtful people, but I learned it after I invited him here. Now, if I introduced you to Monte... I, uh, I think it would be better to introduce Rhoda to him and... Don't tell Monty that she works with Blackstone, the magician. <laughs> oh, 
So your name is Rhoda Brandles. You may call me Rhoda if you wish. <laughs> Mine's Monty. Anyway, Rhoda, I like you. Oh, quite a compliment after so short an acquaintance. Well, I mean it for a genuine reason. <laughs> different from most of the other guests. Oh, just how do you mean? Oh, most of them are snobs. They have money to waste and time to waste. Don't you ever waste both, Monty? Well, I have in the past. That's why I regret it. Look at the faces that you see here. Hmm? Do any of them appeal to you? Why, yes. For instance, there's a very distinguished-looking gentleman talking to Mrs. Van Laden now. Oh, that's Blackstone, the magician. He's a special guest this evening. Oh. And I think I know why. You do? Yes. Mrs. Van Laden wants him to protect her precious emerald. Somebody tried to steal it. Why, how terrible. And in my opinion, it was an inside job. Look over in that corner, Rhoda, near the fishbowl. Yes. You see that de- dapper man? Mm-hmm. Now, who is he? The butler. His name is Topton. He's watching that fishbowl. Do you know why? I couldn't guess. Because Mrs. Van Laden put her emerald in it, right among the pebbles, so as to fool people. I saw her do it. And does Topton know? I think so. I have a debt to square with that chap. What kind of a debt? A gambling debt. I lost money playing cards with some friends of Mrs. Van Laden. Only they weren't. Worth what? Weren't her friends. They were crooked gamblers who had learned all about this place from Topton. That's how they posed as respectable people. You're sure Topton told them? Yes. Now listen, Rhoda. Let's take turns watching that fishbowl. We'll stroll over in that direction. All right. The light! Somebody turn them off! Mrs. Blackstone, the other What happened? Keep out of that fishbowl, Doctor! Where are you, Topton? Over here in the corner, madam. Oh, so it's you, you speak. I have this. Why that light switch, Rhoda? Here's the light switch. Ah! The emerald is gone! Oh, I did my best, madam, to save the emerald. Did your best to steal it, you mean. And you succeeded. Ah, but my hands are dry and his are wet. That's because I was grabbing your hands. I have both of you. Let's see those hands. Yes, Topton's are dry. Monty's are wet. Then that clears me, sir. I would suggest that you search Monty Perroy. Oh, my God. Topton. Why did you turn off those lights? Turn off the lights? Why, I... Who nearest to the switch? In fact, Monty couldn't have turned them off. He was on the other side of the big bowl. That's right. I just turned on the light, so I know. But it, 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 it was to trap a thief. And trap a thief you did. I'm going to search you, Topton. Oh, no, you don't. Yes, I am. Topton has a gun. I have the gun now, Rhoda. And there's the emerald. In Topton's vest pocket. There's the thief, Mrs. Van Leeden. Your own butler, Topton. How could Topton have stolen the emerald if his hands were dry? He was merely using an old trick. A trick to keep his hands dry? That's right. And Topton trapped Monty into grabbing for him so Monty's hands would get wet. It made Monty look so dumb that I knew he couldn't be a thief. Well, maybe I'm dumb, too, but this dry hand business has me baffled. Well, look there on the dressing table. Do you see that can of powder? Uh, you mean this one that says, uh, stearate of zinc? That's the one. Shake some of the powder on your hand. All right. There you are. Now rub the powder into your hand thoroughly, front and back. All right. Well, that's done. What next? Dip your hand into that big fishbowl and stir the water around. Now bring out your hand and look at it. Why, it's dry. <laughs> and so we stopped in time. Up in his room, we found a can of stearate zinc. Still dry. Say, that's a good trick, Blackstone. And here's a little mystery that rivals the dry hand trick. Uh, we can all do it. All our listeners, right now. 
I need a saucer in the drinking glass. Any water in the drinking glass? Well, we'll make it about a uh, quarter full. All right, I'll bring them. And now I must borrow something else. A nickel. Do you always begin these tricks for borrowing a nickel? Well, I know, but suppose this time we make it a quarter. Oh, you, and Here's a quarter before you make it a half dollar. What do I do next? Oh, well, there's the saucer. Drop the coin in the saucer. There you go. Now, we'll let pour the water from that glass into the saucer. All right. And now? Well, there you are. Pick up that quarter without getting your fingers wet. But you said... That's right. I said no stearate of zinc. We won't use any. In fact, anybody can pick up the coin without getting his fingers wet. You mean anybody that knows the trick? Yes, and since Rhoda doesn't know it, we'll give her a few moments to try it. Blackstone, how about the coin and the saucer? Well, it's still there. Rhoda hasn't figured it out yet. Well, now, wait a minute. The coin is in the saucer under a half an inch of water. That's right. And you're to pick up the coin without getting your fingers wet. Mm. Can't I pick up the saucer? No, you can't pick up the saucer. All right. Then I give up. And so do I. Let's see you do it, Blackstone. Unless it's impossible. No, it's very possible and very easy. Just take a little piece of paper and hold it over the empty glass. Over the empty glass? That's right. Now, strike a match. Apply it to the paper. Now, drop the paper right into the empty glass. There. That's easy. Now, as soon as the paper is burning well, pick up the glass and set it upside down in the saucer of water right beside the coin. All right. There you are. Oh! You saw what happened. Well, I'll say I did. Why, the glass sucked up all the water from the saucer. And there's the coin lying high and dry. Pick it up, Rhoda, without getting your fingers wet. I hope you all enjoyed that trick. And now, until next time, this is Blackstone saying good magic and goodbye. Next time, when the world's greatest magician, Blackstone, tells us the story of the Maharaja's Gold and explains more tricks that you yourself can perform. Listen in again to Blackstone, the world's greatest magician. Blackstone, the world's greatest living magician, related his stories of magic and daring do to his assistant Rhoda and his best friend John. Who knew that the life of a magician could be so fraught? Each show begins with Blackstone narrating, but then the story morphs into present, real-time action. At the end of each episode, Blackstone would tell the audience how to do a magic trick that anyone can do, using simple household materials. For example, in The Reluctant Buzzsaw, he does not tell kids how to saw someone in half, but he tells them how to trick their friends with coins. A wise choice on behalf of the show producers, I think. Ed Jerome played Blackstone. The show was created by Walter Gibson, who also wrote the 1941 comic book, Blackstone the, Mag the Magician Detective. Both the comic and this radio show were unofficially based on Harry Blackstone Sr., a stage magician. 
Gibson was a friend of Blackstone the magician. Harry was a very popular magician, passing away in 1965, but his hometown of Cologne, Michigan, renamed its Main Street after him, and he donated some of his materials to the Smithsonian. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.